Welcome in everyone and thank you for listening to the 184th ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast, brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the Revel Advertising Studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Albert, alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan, Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today, Kyle? I'm great, Cameron. Man, you are... You're just a machine with that intro, man. You, you think? You really... I'm really proud of you. Oh, thanks. I wrote it myself. True. <laughs> 184 just, episodes ago. You, yeah, I was going to say, you just wrote it the first the first ever episode, and it's just never changed. Yeah. If it, if it is not broken something <laughs> were you waiting for me to like fill in the answer no or? i was just thinking like everybody knows oh, okay. what I was, they okay. know it okay the audience and i we finish each other's sentences that's probably true um so how you been i'm good um how about you pretty good we just watched the missouri tigers win a basketball game yeah literally moments ago we watched them beat Yes. Uh, Ole Miss in the SEC tournament. Are you happy or sad? I'm happy. I <laughs> Come root, on. I root we for root, my team to win we games. We root for the team. Know, Come I on. Know, I know. No, I'm but, I, yeah, I don't know. I'm kind <laughs> Confused. of. I'm kind of. Uh, <laughs> I hope that wasn't devastating. <laughs> I was reacting uh, more aggressively to kind of uh, hide my true thoughts, maybe. <laughs> hide the pain. Just barely. Um, yeah, I mean, they um, kind of destroyed Ole Miss. Yeah. For a third time this season. Right. It's hard to beat a team three times, yeah, people say. Apparently. Not Ole Miss. No. Also, Missouri uh, beat Baylor three times in 2012. Can make me cry. Including the Big 12 championship. Yeah. Now, how cool. I mean, obviously, that was really fun to beat Baylor again. But... If Missouri and Kansas had matched up in that Big 12 championship game, first of all, if Missouri wins, then they're a one seed in the NCAA tournament, like I was, without a doubt. I was going to say, you if you if you were going to go back and change the outcome where Kansas beats Baylor and Missouri and, ba- and Missouri and Kansas play in the championship game, you would take that, I think, because no matter the outcome, Missouri is not matched up against Norfolk State. Yeah, probably not. I mean... It'd be interesting to see if they play Kansas in that championship game and lose how that changes things. They're probably still a two seed, but maybe they just have a different maybe matchup. I don't know. It's, it's possible they could be in the same spot, Yeah. but obviously a win there, and they are unquestionably a one seed. Is, I that, mean like, is that one of the saddest moments of your life? <laughs> the loss to North Folk? North Folk? No, no, yes. Um. <laughs> I'll be honest. I didn't actually watch it live. I had to listen to it on the radio because I was on a, I was on a car trip and I was not in control of the situation. You're on a car trip. Yes. With my current wife, then girlfriend's family. And like I said, I had no control over the situation. I was along for the ride. We were in the Smoky Mountains outside of Gatlinburg, Tennessee. <laughs> However, I did assert a little bit of control, and I the channel was, like, starting to go in and out. We're having, were you like, listening on the radio? Yeah, we're listening okay. on the radio. We're having, oh, okay. like, switch uh, radio stations as we're traveling to, like, keep the game signal. Wow. And we started to lose it towards the end, and I was like, you got to pull over. Can you, can you please stop? <laughs> you got to pull over before we lose signal. Yeah. And I wish we hadn't. <laughs> but uh, I was, we were like, so we're like, we're like going to Gatlinburg for vacation. And Ruined the vacation, didn't it? No. I was, it was actually a perfect situation where I was able to just pretend like basketball didn't exist for like f- four or five days. Nothing like seeing a big mountain. Uh, exactly. And I just completely forgot about the NCAA tournament and went on with my life and Duke lost that night too. Right. That helped overshadow the Mizzou situation on, on a national level. Sure. But uh two different two seats going down in the same day. Yeah. That's wild. I've never I've to this day I've never watched I mean that Why game, would I you? don't think that game is available in its entirety anywhere. No, I think they've banned it maybe from uh, existence. I've watched like the last two minutes on YouTube and 
obviously it's really sad yeah phil pressy with the with the jersey up over his eyes yeah. sitting on the floor <sighs> and there's like a very famous shot of yeah what's kylo quinn kylo quinn like celebrating in the yeah, camera jumping in they dancing. still play that like oh, yeah. if you watch any march madness games this this year you'll probably see that shot of kylo quinn like celebrating in the yep. camera holding his jersey or whatever yeah. it is i don't know yeah doing a little rah-rah so on that pleasant note that was so fun why did we go into that (laughs) jesus just start start the whole episode over don't forget uh subscribe to us on youtube uh leave us a review on podcast service if you feel so inclined and you can support the podcast directly at patreon.com slash missouri sports pod um missouri ever gonna be in the ncaa tournament again ever again um hopefully Hopefully, yeah. I th- I'll say yes. Could they do it next year with Conzo Martin as head coach? Could they? Um, sure. W- will they? Mm, probably not. Okay. We might circle back around to that later. I think they'd be better than this year, depending on who they can get in the tra- in the uh, the old portal. Yeah. They, if they got a point guard, then yeah, I think they would be better than this year. But maybe probably not good enough. Okay, we've basically said the whole thing now, so I want to sh- I want to give a quick shout out to a uh, YouTube commenter named Drew, who said, uh, you know, get a point guard in the transfer portal, run it back with Conzo, another year of getting these guys on the same page, and he thinks Drew, the YouTube commenter, thinks NCAA tournament bubble team perhaps. Okay. I don't think he's crazy I, for no, that take. I don't think that's impossible whatsoever. It would need to be a good point guard, and uh, nobody would see it happen. Yeah, no one would attend attend the games. True, but maybe late in the season. Maybe. Yeah, it would take a while to get things spun up. I would say, but I don't know how you get a point guard. I mean, I guess you the pitch to a point guard is like, hey, look, you can play eighty-seven minutes per game because we don't have a point guard. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Eighty-seven minutes. We're going we're gonna to return to Drew and some other YouTube commenters and Twitter replies and stuff uh, based on some of our coaching search talk and just Conzo comments in general because it's nice to – got some good feedback. want to touch base with where the fans are, at least the ones that listen to us. Um, before we get into all of that, just a couple football things. Uh, Jaden Daniels, the transfer quarterback from Arizona State, is going to LSU – not Missouri, as was rumored and projected by some. Yeah, it seemed like there was honestly a lot of steam behind uh, Jaden Daniels to Missouri, and I think LSU kind of came in late and, uh, and and stole him. Well, it was pretty well known that he was shopping around for the best NIL deal he could get, which, whatever, more power to him. And uh, Mizzou has been known to put together some pretty decent deals. But LSU was able to do one better, and they landed him. Uh, but a little bit of a crowded quarterback room. I mean, that was going to be the case no matter what. I think he was maybe, I don't know. I would say probably the coaching staff wasn't guaranteeing him anything as far as playing time. So if he thought, I'm going to have to compete for the job either way. Yeah, he would have. Yeah, might as well go where there's a little bit better offer. Sure. Um, on that same on the same uh, line of thinking, uh, Coach Drinkwitz did answer some questions about the quarterback position specifically. Did he answer them? He was asked questions about the quarterback position and uh, about poten- potentially still looking for a transfer quarterback. And he basically said, I'm paraphrasing, but he said, like, we're not exactly looking for a quarterback, but if somebody was interested in coming to Mizzou, we would listen to them. Which sounds to me like I am trying to keep everyone happy and say a very vague statement. Yeah. And he, I, I don't know the tone of this, but he was like very specifically said, I'm not going to let uh, Connor Bazelak. Or <laughs> <laughs> Connor, <laughs> he said basically. Not going to let him return. <laughs> he's like, I'm not going to let you, you, uh, media vultures ask Connor Bays like a single question. No, he said that basically about Brady Cook and Tyler Macon. That he was not going to make them available uh, to the media, obviously because they would be asked about. The media is just really trying to exploit the the kids. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who knows what kind of damaging questions they would ask <laughs> the young quarterbacks? Brady Cook, 
Tyler Macon. Connor Bay's lexicon. Yeah. Anything else? Yeah, I mean, he just, it did seem like he was kind of like really trying to be careful with his words yeah. when he was answering that question. I don't know. I, I, at this point, it, to me, it feels like they've been trying and they've yes. been striking out. That's, yeah, that's what it sounds like to me is like, yeah, obviously we've been looking for quarterbacks and it's not really working out. So, yeah. If one comes knocking, we will listen to them, obviously. Yeah, I kind of feel like uh, JT Daniels might be a last resort option, but yeah. otherwise I, I think we're rolling rolling into the season with who we got. Which is not the end of the world. That's fine. It might not be good. It might be good. <laughs> the thing is, we don't really know. It's probably not going to be great, but yeah. it might not be terrible. Settling for mediocrity. That's what we do. Um, okay. It's basketball season. It's where the basketball season is winding down. It almost isn't. It almost is not, but it's also the best part of basketball season. Come right up. March Madness, Selection Sunday, right around the corner. SEC tournament has started. Um, well, there's lots to talk about. Mizzou's about to run through the bracket. That. We'll get to that. Uh, let's start with that. SEC tournament. Um, so we cheated. We know Missouri has won their first game. But let's just uh, look at the bracket here and make some projections. We don't have to spend a ton of time on this, but uh, there's a lot of seeding implications. And um, maybe for Florida, their tournament hopes are on the line in their first game. What do you think? Do, does Florida need to beat A&M to like, really feel secure? Or I do think, you think Florida's out. I think they're out really? right now. I think they'd have to beat A&M and Auburn. Interesting. To make the tournament. Okay. Wow. Um, okay. So Georgia and Vanderbilt are playing right now. We both have Vanderbilt winning that game, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, then. You cheat. You looked at my thing. I didn't. <laughs> Georgia's bad. Yeah. Tom Crean not coming back. He's gone. It's halftime right now. What's the score? Uh, Vanderbilt is winning 35 to 14. Oh, oh my. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Tom Green's super gone. <laughs> uh, okay, Missouri beat Ole Miss. Is Kermit Davis going to be back as Ole uh, Miss I'm head say coach? No, I think he's gone. We're going to talk about Andy Kennedy later, but I'm wondering if some Ole Miss fans are thinking maybe we shouldn't get rid of that guy. No, they're probably like most fans, delusional, and think they deserve a coach better than Andy Kennedy and Kermit Davis combined. So who would who would that be? Like Tom uh, Izzo. Yes. You think Tom Izzo would go to Ole Miss? No. <laughs> uh, so you think Florida needs to beat Texas A&M to I do. sniff the NCAA tournament? Do you think they're going to do it? Uh, yes, I do. Okay, me too. I think they'll beat A&M. Me too. Uh, so then do you think Missouri can pull off the upset against LSU? 12-seeded Mizzou over 5-seed LSU. No, that I don't. 12-5 matchup? 12-5. That is scary. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to still say LSU wins. A lot of 12-seeds to beat the 5-seed. Yeah. LSU is a defensive nightmare for a team with no point guard. Yeah. Yeah, last time they played, the Missouri offense was pretty ugly. They were LSU guarding, didn't even play that well. They were guarding Mizzou at half court almost, like just extending them as far just away, away up from there. basketball, uh, yeah. away from the basket. Basket, that's the word, basket, as possible. Yeah, how many Missouri ended up scoring fifty-five points in that game, which is pretty good. I think uh, pretty good. I mean, I would expect this Missouri team to be held to like in the forties okay. against LSU. LSU won by twenty. Probably a repeat tomorrow night. Yeah. Okay. Mississippi State, South Carolina. I've got South Carolina winning though. It's the seven-ten matchup, but those teams are only one game apart in the SEC standings. I think it could go either way. Yeah, give me Mississippi State. I feel like uh, Frank Martin. He seems to get his teams going uh, for tournaments. You for think he's uh, is he returning next year? For I think so. South Carolina. Okay. Well, can South Carolina do a lot better than him? Uh, probably. No, I don't know. A lot better? Probably not. Say what you actually think. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to value Frank Martin as a coach. I don't really either. He's, he is a little like bit. He, I feel like he's older, but yeah. he's like respected. It's kind of like yeah. the old grandpa that's like knows what he's doing still. Like, you know, I don't know. I'm going to tell him you called him a grandpa. You know him? Is he actually a grandpa? Probably. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
Vanderbilt, we have them beating Georgia, but are they able to upset Alabama? I'm going to say no. I think that'll be a close I game. I think that now. could be a good game. Uh, I did pick Alabama. Okay, on to the quarterfinals. Florida could really uh, put themselves in the NCAA tournament if they upset Auburn. Yeah, I don't There's. I don't see it. No, me neither. I got Auburn winning. Then I have Arkansas beating LSU. I do, but as well, I think that could be a good game. Mm-hmm. Um, I have Tennessee beating South Carolina. I have Tennessee beating Mississippi State. I have Kentucky beating Alabama. As do I. Then in the semifinals, I have Arkansas upsetting Auburn. I think the, I mean, just look at the standings, the top four teams in the SEC, uh, Auburn, Tennessee, Kentucky, Arkansas. I think those teams can, any of them can beat each other any night. Yeah. So uh, I've got th- Arkansas pulling off the upset. That was one, that was probably like, honestly, one of the toughest games for me to pick on here, uh, but I, I did pick Auburn. Yeah, I think it's a toss-up. Then I have Kentucky beating Tennessee. I do as well. And I have Kentucky beating Arkansas to take home the SEC Tournament Championship. I have Kentucky beating Auburn. Wow. Circled it to make it real <laughs> official. <laughs> uh, so then... Um, where so Kentucky fresh off their championship going into selection Sunday I have them securing a one seed in the NCAA tournament guys I just want to say beforehand yeah that before we started recording I started getting a little arrogant about my (laughs) abilities to guess what seeds uh, teams are going to get in the NCAA tournament I'm not going to lie I think I'm kind of a savant at NCAA seeding. Okay. Okay. If you, I think, go ahead. Every team in the tournament, you think he, okay, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Kyle thinks this might be a little that he could seed the NCAA tournament for like project what teams are going to be seeded where it would have to be after all the tournaments are done. Yes. But yes, go on more accurately than the computer program known as barttorvik.com i think i i think i potentially could yes well i think if i had known about your confidence in this area then you can bet i would have constructed a way to test that yeah but i don't think we have time that's fine before this coming into the that's fine but just just know that i would have i could have done it we're gonna do a taste of it with the sec teams (laughs) okay that's fine and then um I'm going to put a note in my phone for this time next year. We're you're okay. doing the whole tournament. That's fine. And just keep in mind that we're making these predictions before any of these tournaments are happening. So that's pretty – We that are. could be potentially pretty inaccurate True. depending on what happens. But I agree with you. Kentucky's a one seed. Okay. Are they the only one seed from the SEC? Yes. Okay. So I think it could go either way. I think potentially if Auburn wins the tournament, Agreed. they're the one seed. Agree. I could see a weird situation depending on how the other tournaments fall where they're both one seeds. I could but I well. think that's least likely. I agree. Um, so I've got Kentucky at one seed, Auburn a two seed. Yep. Do you have any other two seeds? Nope. I've got Tennessee and Arkansas as three seeds. I think that was that was tough for me to decide where those two teams should go. I've got Tennessee at three, Arkansas at four. You know what? Let me let me pull up Bart Torvik real quick and see what he currently thinks about all this stuff. You have Arkansas four. Okay. Um, Just because their non-conference was awful. It was pretty bad. But they've been they've been very good. And they did beat number one Auburn. Then who do you have next? The next highest would that be LSU? LSU as a six. Me too. I also have Alabama as a six. Really? Yeah. I've got Alabama a nine. Wow. Let me catch us up to where Bart Torvik has everybody. Okay. Uh, and this is a projection based on how the site and the man himself thinks the tournaments, the conference tournaments will go. Okay. This isn't like, what if it ended today? This is with those projections. He's got Kentucky, a one seed, Auburn, a two seed, Tennessee, a two seed, mm. um, Arkansas, a four seed, LSU and Alabama five seeds. Alabama a five? Yes. He's out of his mind. His computer doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> so then 
the only thing left is that your tournament is that all of your SEC teams? <laughs> but you said maybe Florida could work their way in if they beat Texas A and M. You think they do beat Texas A and M? Man, if they beat A and M, they're they're going to be right there on the bubble. Um, if I think they could be like one of those play-in game eleven seeds, but right now I don't know if they're in. I think they're like one of the last four out. Bart Torvik has Florida as the last team in the tournament. And I am wrong because I wrote down a 10 seed. So that means I need them to beat Auburn. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then maybe that. Maybe I think that could they're going to have to. So oh, be fascinating. Bubble, bubble city for Florida. Alabama five seed. That's a, that is a little crazy to me. They have some terrible losses. Missouri being one of those. Yeah. Is that's their worst? I right? don't see any way Alabama's a five seed unless they just like run through this tournament. But we'll see. We'll see. If Kyle's right about that, then maybe he's got a case for the whole tournament next year. Nine seed might be might be a little, little low, but we'll see. Do you have Florida out? Sorry, I missed that. Yes, I do. Okay. Hmm. I'm intrigued. Selection Sunday is such a fun it's thing. It's great. It's more fun when your team is involved. That is true. A little more stressful though. Yeah, when was the last time Missouri had like a sketchy selection Sunday? I feel like when they were... Um, like on the bubble? Yeah, like uh, the Jordan Clarkson, uh, Jabari Brown Jr. year Yeah, before they left. They didn't make it that year. They did not. And I feel like most people thought they were... They were talented enough, but right. they had some weird stuff going on that year. They lost some really weird games. It's like any game outside of Missouri Arena, they could not yeah. win. And the SEC was not as good back then. And so you had to have a much better conference record to make the tournament. Yep. Okay, so I've got seven SEC teams in the tournament. I'm probably wrong about Florida. Kyle's got six. Florida's going to be major bubble team. Yeah, I think just a coin flip. Not a 10 seed, most likely. No. Like I have them. I, I doubt it. Um, who you think uh, Kentucky's going to win the SEC tournament, and so do I. So therefore, you think they have the best chance to make, you know, to win the whole thing out of all these SEC teams? Yeah, I do, just because I think they're really well rounded, and I don't know that anybody can stop Shibway. Like he's just gonna he's just gonna get like fifteen and twenty versus like anybody who they play. They've been so consistent down the stretch, and he's the main. Yeah, he's driver the most. He's he's the most consistent player in the country by far. Um, I think Auburn is as talented as Kentucky and maybe like both of them at their very best. Auburn probably wins that, but they've, they don't have the consistency. Right. And yeah, uh, they've been all over the place. Yeah. Um, they, uh, Kentucky did drop the road game to Arkansas, uh, last week. True. But Arkansas has been, they win at home man. they always do that. All right, so let's uh, let's get back into sort of some of the Conzo Martin coaching search conversation, but we're bringing some of the audience in, uh, some of their takes that we've seen on Twitter and in the YouTube comments. Um, we talked about our guy Drew. Uh, he was, what did we already talk about? Oh, like Conzo uh, coming back, bringing in a transfer point guard, you know, keeping Aiden Shaw in the mix, and then maybe being a bubble team next year. Uh, that was Drew's take from a couple episodes ago. Or you're, you're squinting at me. I like, can't remember if he said to bring Conzo back or not, but maybe well, somebody Well, I think did. it was just like, oh, uh, maybe he was talking about uh, you bring in a coach that brings a player with them believe, or something yeah, like that. That's, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I mentioned, uh, yeah, you got to think a new coach could, I mean, with the way, with how easy it is to transfer, um, a new coach is maybe bringing a guy or two. And then he brought up Kim English, who has... I was not quite aware of this. He has the number 80 player in the country coming in in this year's recruiting class. Big guy. And uh, has a decent point guard already on the, on the roster. So that is, that's appealing. Yeah. But I don't think that situation is unique necessarily to Kim English. I think there's lots of coaches that sure. could bring in a recruit plus yeah, a player. Yeah, and there's going to be a thousand plus players on the market yeah. in the transfer portal. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I definitely could see a scenario where uh, no matter who the coach is, even if it is Conzo, uh, next year the team is a couple pieces away from being decent. That's, yeah. that's not impossible. I think I that mean, was the mental – that was the next jump I was making mentally. There's a lot of um, nice pieces to build around. Brazil, 
Kobe Brown, if, assuming he's going to come back for one more year, uh, maybe some of these transfers take a step. Ronnie DeGray, I think, is a versatile player that can, you know, he can, he can, he's intriguing. Had a really good game today. Against Had a great Ole Miss. game tonight. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I mean, they could, they could certainly be a, bu- a bubble team next year for sure, even with Conzo. Okay, so that's where we're in agreement with Drew, where he had a, he had a bone to pick with us, uh, maybe talking about Andy Kennedy as maybe too likely of a coach. Maybe we were getting a little too excited about the prospect of Andy Kennedy being the next head coach. And sure, I said in the episode that probably not very many people would be happy with that hire, and that's true, and that's... I mean, we saw that in the comment section. It's fairly understandable. But I don't know. I just feel like um, uh, he brought up Andy Kennedy only went to two tournaments in his 11 years at Ole Miss. Tough place to win. Absolutely. Ole Miss not invested in their basketball program. Uh, They kind of acted like they were a bit more because they paid Kermit Davis more than Andy Kennedy was making. Yeah, Kermit Um, Davis was considered an upgrade, and then they've been worse. Yeah. Yeah, this season uh, for Kermit Davis has been basically perfectly equal to Andy Kennedy's worst year, and it was his last season there. And um, I don't know. I think I'm looking at the Kennedy situation with Ole Miss as more of a he's been there so long. There's a bit of an arms race for coaches in the SEC. We got to try to make a move. It's just getting stale. We just had our worst season in 11 years. Let's move on. Try something new. Get a new face in here. Sure. Uh, energize the fans. Yeah, I mean, I think what he did at Ole Miss is honestly pretty. It's fairly impressive, but on what he's done at UAB, maybe more impressive to me. Yeah, a roster full of transfers, including uh, KJ Buffin, who transferred from Ole Miss, um, went with Kennedy to UAB. UAB is objectively a better team than Ole Miss this year. Yeah, by far, and probably were last year as well. Yeah. They're a better team than Missouri. What they're even conference are they in? Conference, conference USA? of the United States of America. Yeah. I think they're the two seed in the conference tournament. And uh, they're like in the mix for an at-large bid, I think. Yeah. I, I would just say Andy Kennedy, I completely understand, like, not exciting at all. Um, but maybe, like, just a really safe floor. Yeah. I, I just don't – at Missouri, I don't think Andy Kennedy is ever – having a season like we're going through right now yeah i would agree uh, i think he's a good x's and o's coach i think he didn't have uh great resources at ole miss not to say that he's got you know all the resources in the world at mizzou but and he was not uh an incredible recruiter even by you know basketball in the state of mississippi standards right but uh and he's definitely not our first choice at all yeah yeah I would he's, agree. he's a ways down my list at least i yeah. think and i was factoring in like how realistic right. of a candidate he would be for the Missouri job. So, but uh, Drew, I think... Uh, Thanks for your comment. Yeah, and I, you make a good point. I mean, I don't think... I wouldn't necessarily be excited about Andy Kennedy either. Uh, if I seemed that way last episode, maybe uh, I was mistaken. Um, but uh, talking about sort of comparing Missouri to other programs. We listed off last week a bunch of schools that we thought uh, had coaches on the hot seat. Uh, Since then, um, Kevin Keats has been retained at NC State. I actually had not heard that. Yeah. So he'll be back there. Um, That's good news. Yeah. Uh, Tom Green, who we talked about last week, he's out the door at Georgia. But uh, I wanted to, well, we had a comment that uh, a guy thought we were overvaluing the program's status in the modern college basketball landscape. And so um, Kim Palm has a feature where they rank the programs uh, based on data from 1997 to 2021. So it does not include this season. And Missouri is 51st best program in the country, in basing it off of somewhat recent history. Um, some of the teams that we talked about last week, including North Carolina State, they're at 43, Pittsburgh 44. Um, who else did we talk about? 
Kansas State, 57. Ole Miss, 63. Arizona State, 65. Georgia, 66. Wake Forest, 67. So well, it's kind of crazy how many schools we talked about last week. I mean, we talked about it pretty much as if all of those were fairly much a, like pretty much a coin flip. Yeah. And that's pretty much what Ken Palm is saying as well. All yeah. of those schools are within like 20 spots of each other. It's pretty right. crazy. Uh, that was Mitch, by the way, that yes. said we are valuing Missouri a little too high. And I can understand why some fans would think that, but... I think what we were factoring into the status of the program was not even some of the same stuff that Kim Pom is. Yeah. Kim Pom's purely looking at uh, like wins and losses. Yeah. And yeah. ratings within their site. Right. I mean, I and think, uh, NCAA tournament success. Right. And I think one thing where you have to use a little bit of nuance is, uh, is, is resources, but also how difficult is it to win? And I think maybe we touched on this a little bit last week, but you know, I'm thinking NC State could be a pretty hard place to win consistently. You're having to recruit in the same state as Duke and North Carolina, and I don't know, really you're kind of a conference. kind of a perennial perennial bottom half ACC team. Like I just, you know, that that's pro, you know wins and losses in the last decade. That's probably a better program than Missouri, but that might, could be a hard harder place to win potentially. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, yeah, and another thing where you got to factor in Kansas City and St. Louis. If we're, we're saying the same thing in football, we've always known if a coach could come in and recruit those areas at a high level, the program would have success. And the la- in the last 10 years, if a coach could just recruit Columbia, Missouri, well, in basketball, the I team would be like- better than they are. Yeah. So I don't think it's like you don't need like it's shocking how little recruiting success Conzo Martin has had. Exactly. And it's not all like 100 percent his fault. Like he landed Mario McKinney and Torrance Watson, who I thought was a great get at the time. Both Um, of those guys not looking like the type of player that would succeed at Missouri at this point. Right. Uh, Research department. Could you find out how or somebody? Can we find out how much Kevin Keats makes at NC State? I'm just curious. So it's not all wins and losses that we're factoring into the program, like being where where Missouri's program is compared to other schools. But uh, looking at wins and losses and uh, tournament appearances and stuff like that, we're right there in the ballpark with pretty ne- much everybody. Nearly every about. school we talked about last week. It's about two and a half a year. So less than Gonzo. But I think that makes sense. That's about where I would expect the NC State coach to mm-hmm. be paid. Um, but that's another thing. Like Missouri has shown with the hiring and how much they're paying Conzo that they are willing to spend to yes. get the coach that they want. Now, maybe uh, the current athletic director, maybe that's a little bit different. And maybe, um, you know, they're not paying Eli Drinkwitz. Like trying to compare between sports is a little tough, but... We're not paying Coach Drinkwitz what we would be paying the equivalent of Conzo Martin in football. You follow? Does that make sense? So, I don't know. There's there's room to make a splash higher money-wise. Maybe not right now because of the situation with the buyouts and everything. But just, you know, if a coach comes in and they're successful, they could be extended for a huge payday down the line if they, uh, you know, just keep going to NCAA tournaments. Um, We had a few names thrown out to us in various comments and on Twitter. And um, maybe since you did such a good job looking up that last uh, commenter, can you find who uh, mentioned the Baylor assistant, Jerome Tang? I thought that was an interesting name because we saw this past year um, longtime Gonzaga assistant Tommy Lloyd went to Arizona and they're going to be a one seed in the NCAA tournament. So maybe it's worth looking around at some longtime successful assistants or like associate head coaches that maybe are ready to make the jump. Um, obviously, 
nobody can expect Missouri to land that highly regarded of an assistant coach. And then also nobody should be expecting an assistant to come in and lead a team to, you know, a top three season. Exactly. Like Tommy Lloyd. Yeah. Right. Uh, that was uh show me Mo on YouTube that uh, suggested Jerome Tang, which, you know, that's, uh, that is really interesting. And I typically kind of am a little cautious about, you know, assistants who, um, have never been a head coach before. And I, you know, I think it's just a totally different ball game, but you know, maybe somebody that's been a long time assistant coach, they, they're still recruiting and they're, you know, they're observing how, uh, to run a program and that kind of stuff. So it's obviously, it's not like it's a completely foreign topic to them, but I typically feel like I get less excited about assistance. Yeah. I with agree. no head coaching experience. Yeah. Um, so it made me think, uh, I, I went back and looked at like some of the names that were being tossed around this time last year uh, in similar situations. And one of those was Tony Stubblefield, who mm. was uh, like uh, an assistant and like the associate head coach for under um, Dana Altman at Oregon for like a decade. And he got the head coaching job at DePaul. So he coached there this year. And uh, they're 99th in Kimpom, 15 and 15 overall. They won six games in the Big East. And that is an, an improvement over last year, but it's about on par with actually some of the better years uh, that DePaul had under their previous head coach. So, so far that looks like a good hire. And I read some articles saying that like Oregon is actually suffering uh having lost him mm -hmm. so i think maybe uh watch out for depaul and that's kind of an interesting team to compare and contrast with arizona and tommy lloyd uh another assistant coach that somebody threw out was tyler on twitter and he mentioned brian michelson who uh, who is an assistant at gonzaga so obviously um Again, I'm, I'm not expecting a Tommy Lloyd situation. Tommy um, Lloyd was the head coach is, in waiting. Like yes. when Mark Few retired, the head coaching job at Gonzaga was it belonged to Tommy Lloyd. Yeah, it was almost surprising that he that he left. But you know, any um, any capacity of work it, with Mark Few is pretty valuable. I would say. I mean, Mark Few is he's a genius, man. He knows what he he knows what to do. <laughs> he is an incredible offensive mind. And the way he has, like, guided Gonzaga just through the evolving college basketball landscape over, you know, 20 years. Mm -hmm. He was kind of at the forefront of getting, like, the international big man type of player yeah. that has been dominant in college basketball. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's been very impressive. So, I, you know, Michelson probably, again, probably isn't my choice, but... Um, and he's a, he's a pretty young guy, but I can see the appeal for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, definitely an area we didn't really focus on was, uh, like power five or like premier assistant coaches. Um, uh, once again, you're gonna have to help me remember who mentioned, uh, Jeff Linder. Uh, that was also Tyler on okay. Twitter. Uh, yeah. So he brought up Jeff Linder, the head coach of Wyoming and, uh, good name to throw out for sure uh he was formerly the head coach at northern colorado uh, steadily improved their play uh over the four years that he was there and then in just his second year wyoming uh, he took them from uh, 164th in kimpom to 55th this year uh, they're 24 and 7 overall 13 and 5 in the mountain west conference now one thing about him is he has always kind of been a west coast or like uh, Rocky Mountains and West uh, coach. So um, maybe Missouri in the Midwest is not really his scene, but uh, definitely a name to keep an eye on. A guy that's going to be moving up somewhere in yeah. the next year or two for sure. Yeah, so definitely a good thought there. Um, let's see, let's see. We had another commenter mention, uh, or no, no, I think maybe it was Drew again. Just all over the comments. We appreciate you, Drew. <laughs> uh, mentioning Drew Valentine from Loyola, Chicago, but we did talk about him a little bit. Um, 
you kind of mentioned, obviously, it's just his first year this year. He's only 30 years old. 30 years old. Uh, so maybe it's it, worth... It's just tough to gauge um, how well he's doing because of how good of a coach Porter Mosier was before. And Drew, Drew Valentine was on that staff mm-hmm. before. So he kind of knew how Porter Mosier was, was running the program. But... And a, a few of those players have carried over. Obviously, they lost probably their best player from the past few years, whose name escapes me at the moment. But uh, you know, a lot of that same foundation is still this year is, is still there this year, and they ha- they're not as good as they've been um, the last few years. They were um, Cameron def- Crutwig. They were fourth in the Missouri Valley Conference this year. They actually did end up winning that conference tournament, so they'll be in the NCAA tournament. But Bart Torvik yeah, says a ten seed. Yeah, I would I would have guessed probably a, a nine or ten, but. Um, yeah, Krutwig's gone, but yeah, it's, it's very possible. Valentine is a huge up and comer. He's, uh, going to be a fantastic coach, home run hire. Um, but I just don't think I would feel comfortable pulling the trigger just yet. Now, uh, okay. So tell me this drew Valentine versus Kim English, right? Yeah. Pretty similar situations. So do you feel like it's a coin flip there? Uh, just, if I had to pick one for Missouri to hire, yeah, I'd probably just I'd probably pick Kim Ingles just because of his connections to uh, Missouri, and I think he is a incredible recruiter. Yeah, and could potentially be. I, I think he was one of the best recruiters as an assistant coach potentially mm-hmm. before he moved to, to George Mason. Yeah, at Tennessee, uh, getting Kennedy Chandler. Um, I don't know. I. Kim English is is very appealing and but uh, still you know I don't know if I feel comfortable pulling the trigger yet you know it's it is a really really tough decision for whoever gets to make these decisions you mean we don't get to well we might I thought someday. it was our turn do you want to be an athletic director someday <laughs> probably not <laughs> I don't think so either. would you rather be a head coach or an athletic director um well with my with my real life skill set, I think I'd be better as an AD. <laughs> so I guess I'd pick that. Imagine like you only get one year, or you can do it for as long as uh, you think you could manage it. Which one do you think you could do longer before people thought you were a fraud? If you just like started tomorrow. Oh, I could do. I could be athletic director many years longer than a head coach before people think I'm a fraud. <laughs> if I was a head coach, they would be. I would. They would literally walk into the arena and be like, "What's what is this? Who's this guy?" And I'd be like, "All right, guys, uh, we're gonna run some some uh, suicides." And they'd be like, "No, nah, we're three, not. three man weave. <laughs> three man weave. Uh, let's run a little um, Barcelona offense. Get it going, guys. Let's work on our free throws." Um, <laughs> you could, you could get some assistance around you with some really solid coaching experience and just delegate, delegate, okay. delegate. Um, okay. Where are we here? Uh, I think the last comment is a question from one of our supporters on Patreon who asked us this on discord and I uh, just asked it a little bit ago. So I thought we might as well just answer it on the episode. Uh, he said, if if the coach next year is not Conzo Martin, who, if you had to bet money on one name, who would you say is most likely to be the head coach next year? First of all, I would never gamble. <laughs> I would, I would, uh, I would gamble. I would never gamble on this. Like this is <laughs> this the is, odds uh, of getting this right. Yeah. Um, way too low. Right. Um, okay. Yeah. I'll, I'm going to honestly, I'll throw out Nico Medved. I think that he's. I think he is a up and comer. I think he's going to be somewhere else next year. Mm-hmm. That's not Colorado State. He's got Midwestern ties. Um, he's shown he can turn around a program really quickly. Uh, and you know, uh, Georgia. I saw a pretty reputable site that was a Georgia related site that put up a hot board. Uh, Nico Medved is on their hot board, and everybody else. Oh my gosh! I always do this. Everybody else on their list was like honestly fairly underwhelming. <laughs> he pulled his arms I off. Just, yep. <laughs> I just destroyed this little decoration. This That's little bobblehead. Stay in usual. You literally ripped his arms out of his socket. <laughs> and he's still holding the well, baseball. I was bat. just really nervous about who I was gonna gamble here with. Um <laughs> what, what was I saying? Nico Medved. Yeah. Uh, Georgia Hotboard. Okay, yes, Georgia Hotboard. They've got Nico Medved on there and a lot of their other people on that list were pretty underwhelming 
And to think that maybe they think they've got a shot at him, you know, I definitely think Missouri's a better job than Georgia. Um, I don't know. I, I guess I'd pick him. Another thing I will throw out is Steve Forbes. I th- maybe I'm crazy, uh, Mitch. I'm sorry if I'm overvaluing the Missouri program, but I don't think it's impossible Steve Forbes could end up here. I was going to say Steve Forbes as my bet. And uh, you know, they Wake Forest just lost in the first round of the ACC tournament today to a terrible Boston College team. I think they're squarely on the bubble for the NCAA tournament, and I think there's a very good chance they're going to be out. And I think that makes Steve Forbes look less attractive to his next employer. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's not a guarantee that he's out the door. True. But, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe I'm, maybe I'm kind of swinging for the fences there. But, yeah, I put, I put some money on Steve Forbes. Um, is, <laughs> speaking of uh, articles about uh, Georgia, I saw a writer for a paper in Atlanta quoted that Georgia was focusing in on four candidates at the start of their search. One, I can't remember, one was the Cleveland State head coach, one was Steve Forbes, and the other one was USC's Andy Enfield, who just... Who literally, in like between the time you told me that, like two hours ago, and this moment, has been extended yeah, at USC. through 2028, and you gotta know that's a juicy fat juicy contract very fat i yeah i don't i don't understand how in the world andy infield ended up on george's hot board or whoever this person was yeah uh bart torvik has wake forest as uh, last four last four in 11 seed i think that's i think that's would be my guest as well, guest as well so there that spot could be gobbled up by a couple uh, yeah, conference tournament upsets sure. definitely it always happens yeah, put me down for Steve Forbes. Why not? I was thinking uh, if I wanted to set my sights a little bit lower, I would say somebody like um, the Murray State head coach. But, you know, if we're wanting to make a splash. They're going to be dancing for a while. That's that's possible, yeah. So, I, yeah, that's another thing that, busy. that's another thing that factors into all of this is, like, the timeline of when coaches are done coaching this year. Obviously, I think or, I said this. Or if you're hiring a coach at all true <laughs> uh, <dang. laughs> I guess <laughs> back to reality just uh, threw some cold water on you wow speaking of cold water yeah that's good for you uh, at your recommendation Kyle I took a cold shower this morning hmm. was that this morning we talked about it like around noon so I can't imagine that was this morning but it was today it was, it was this morning definitely yeah. today it makes um, me really happy. Yeah. Kyle's been a, a proponent of cold showers for as long as I've known him. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> for a little while now. Uh, and it was invigorating. I'm not scared of cold water. I love a nice uh, spring, a uh, little jump in the spring river or something like that. And uh, it really gets the juices flowing. Invigorating, you could say. <laughs> and I felt a little bit of that this morning in the shower. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you're furious and also invigorated at the same time like yeah. it's like a rare combination where you're just like this is awful and the and the best thing i've ever done at the same time i think i think you and i have different strategies for coping with it because i try to just eliminate all thought about the shower entirely i call it the mind over matter strategy okay and i just don't think about it at all and How just, would i basically pretend like it's hot water I or I just that. pretend like it's not cold, basically. I just act like it's not cold. Just go about my business. Okay, well, well, I'm really happy for you. Uh, so when you say you're throwing cold, cold water on the situation, that's a good thing. I, yeah, you're invigorating. Yeah. It doesn't do anything to you. You're, you're no. prepared. I'm bouncing back right now. Okay, um, back to Conzo Martin. Give me a percentage. What percent do we know the status of Conzo Martin one way or the other by Selection Sunday? Um, okay. Like, by the end of Sunday... Sunday night. I think we know for sure. 100% I think we know? 100% we know one way or the other. Oh, man. Okay. I'll throw, out, be, I'll throw out, like, an 80. It's going to be a long week. Yeah. It's just going to be brutal. I'm going to be checking Twitter, like, every five Good seconds. I think Missouri's going to keep winning. Uh, yeah. They could do it. Okay. 
and I know we've we've talked about this a couple of times, but this is probably the last time we will record a podcast before we know. Give me your percentage. What percent chance do you give Conzo Martin for keeping his job? There is a blank percent chance Conzo keeps his job. Um, forty. I was thinking 35. Mm-hmm. So I got to say a couple things now that you brought that up. Okay. I don't want anybody giving me a hard time when they bring him back and I ha- I'm going to spin it positively. Okay. I'm warning you now. I'm warning both of you. I'm warning the listeners. <laughs> I'm going to spin it positive. I'm going to try to look on the bright side. I'm not going to be super negative. Okay. Because what's the point in that after it's been, after it's done. Okay. I can see that. So, so you if they were just like he's coming back for another year i'm just like okay let's do it let's figure out how to win some games okay because it might be like a couple of minutes where you're like annoyed about it yes but then you'll be like okay by the time we're in the booth ready to record gotta stop sulking and just go go win some games okay because if they're bringing him back i'm not i don't want to be in a we're you know reassessing the situation every off season or like we're questioning things every single season now I don't know. I just would hate to be in a situation where for the next three seasons, the team is just kind of middling in a bubble team. And we're just over and over again, debating whether they should bring him back or not. So I'm going to be motivated for my own like mental health to try to fit, try to imagine ways that next year's team could be good. Yeah. I mean, immediately we're going to have to hit the transfer portal and uh i mean you never know what kind of players are going to be available you have no idea what kind of player might want to come here when they know they're going to be the guy right and so if there is a possibility like we said earlier there is a couple a couple of pieces away from being decent and you never know yeah yeah and the sec uh is nowadays is the kind of league where if you finish in the top half of the league then you are going to be around the ncaa bubble yep yeah it would be at least be fun to be entering the sec tournament thinking missouri wins a couple games here then they've really added to their resume you know i would love to be able to talk about missouri's resume yeah yeah i mean there's literally nothing they can do in this tournament except for win it all yeah if they want to play in the tournament right what do you think about uh jamie dixon head coach at tcu He's formerly the head coach at Pittsburgh. Now he's at TCU. Personally, I mean, I guess if it was just like all of a sudden Jamie Dixon wanted to come here, I'd be like, okay, that sounds fine. Uh, I don't think that really makes sense in my mind. Uh, Isn't he have a connection to TCU? Must be. Where he currently is. That must be the case. I'm pretty sure when he left Pittsburgh, he was actually, they were good. And so it was like weird that he was leaving for TCU but I think it's maybe where he's from or something. He has a connection. And so I don't see him ever leaving TCU if that's the case. Yeah, I, I, he, he played at TCU. Okay. Never mind. Why did you, why did that? I don't know. I was just perusing Kim Palm and he just, you know, pretty successful coach who has had middling success at TCU. They're a classic eight, nine seed. Yeah. This year in the tournament. Um, man, I don't know. I'm trying to, I was, I was just kind of looking over my list to see if there's any other names that uh, we hadn't talked about. Oh, uh, okay. So one name that intrigued me was, uh, Florida state assistant Carlton young, sorry, Charlton young. There's an H in there. Um, he is loved by everyone at Florida state. And he's actually had two stints at Florida State as an assistant. He is a dynamite recruiter. Um, Everybody loves him. However, he actually, when I started to do some research, has been a head coach. He coached Georgia Southern for four years. And their best team was 15 and 15, 12 and 6 in the Southern Conference. Their best Kempom rating was 246. 
So he was a head coach for four years from 2010 to 2013 got fired went right back to florida state one thing i would bring up which honestly with that resume maybe this is not possible but uh what's their coach's name like leonard hamilton yeah isn't he like 90 years old or something yeah. would he be a potential to replace leonard hamilton in the I next so. two or three years i think so i don't know how old hamilton is but i could definitely see him just sticking around florida state until florida state has been kind of disappointing this year too so i wouldn't be surprised if they were like all right Leno- leonard uh, I'll give you another season. I mean, yeah. he's he doesn't look like he's old, but he I think he's in his 70s. 73. <laughs> That's about retirement age. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, not so great this year after a nice run. They destroyed us still. That is true. Doesn't take a whole lot. That's true. Um It's it's weird. Like I almost like I'm scared to end this episode because we're not going to I know. Talk again until after we know Conzo Martin's fate. We're going to talk to you. It's like insane to think tomorrow could very well be Conzo Martin's last game. Did I say 40%? You did. Mm -hmm. 45. It's it's like getting closer. This is legitimately almost a coin flip for you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I, I really, I kind of feel that way as well. It just kind of seems like nobody knows really what's going to happen. And that makes me want to lean more towards he's coming back because I kind of feel like if they were going to fire him, somebody would know and it would kind of be leaking out by this point. Yes, we would hear the Twitter rumor mill. I think there'd be some rumblings and there's been nothing. Yeah. And that scares me. Yeah. There was more talk. I feel like there was more legitimate talk when like people were saying people when people were trying to figure out like can they actually get rid of him this year yeah contract wise and that actually had to be investigated a little bit then it was like there's some legitimacy too yeah okay the athletic department knows they have a way out if they want it so the fact that they were even acknowledging that made me think of something but that was two months ago all right it's gonna be fascinating it's gonna be a fun week Missouri's got another game. Twitter is going to be hell if they bring him back. Well, yeah, it's going to be bad until... Okay, so another thing somebody said on YouTube was that it's going to get worse before it gets better. And I think they were talking directly about like fan apathy and just empty seats and stuff. That too. Um, And I agree on that part of it. But... uh, (laughs) with i i don't it would get better immediately like fan interest would improve immediately would not get worse if they fired him and hired a new coach oh 100 that may not be the right decision long-term basketball wise but it's the probably it's the right decision short term right exactly 100 um, any new coach that they announce is gonna get some excitement that even is, andy kennedy that well <laughs> that may be the only one <laughs> that may be the only name uh, that doesn't of all the names that we talked about that might be the only one that doesn't get anybody excited except me what would you think about uh darren devries now that's an interesting name i don't think my kinfolk yeah that's a joke and well, do we know <laughs> we might be yeah. related some at some point we have to do some genealogy ancestry uh, okay so he would definitely bring his son tucker devries who um was he's a, impressive an excellent player this year as a freshman in the Missouri Valley and uh, a coach himself not bad at all so the best Drake's been in a long time yeah past two years Uh, Missouri and Drake used to be in the same conference long long ago Conference USA no (laughs) much better than Conference USA Uh, I I guess I would take him I mean bring it up that's you can you made it you up. can check me on that i believe you better uh anyway some of some of our older i mean more well-seasoned listeners know their history okay you no i just found this out a couple days ago um where was i going with that yeah bring in a freshman that's your son who's a star player to a mid-major it's level might, might be the most intriguing uh thing about hiring him yeah but he's been a decent recruiter at Drake, of all places, yeah. for Missouri Valley standards. All right. That it? 
special thank you to our Patreon supporters at the $10 level and above. Britt Treese, Brian Smith, Ryan Lee, Tristan, Ben Smith, Parker, Daddy JD, Louis Hernandez, Tim Keens, and Tyler Harshall. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much, uh, boys. Um, you can find this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. We are on Twitter at Mizzou Sports Pod, and you can email us at Missouri Sports Pod at gmail.com. You can find our t shirts and stickers on our online shop, Missouri Sports Pod.bigcartel.com. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We will see you next week after Conzo's retained. <laughs>